Yeah. Say hello to the bad guy. Bad guy. The good guy coming last place. You smell that dope when I pass by. I let my money at a fast pace. All right, welcome to Say Hello to the Bad Guy. I'm your host, Locke, and this is the podcast where we drink, smoke, and bullshit about the life of a historic criminal. Now we're talking outlaws and gangsters. We're not going to cover too many serial killers. That's just a little bit dark for me, and this ain't no true crime podcast. Honestly, you can't call this a history podcast because I'm no historian. I'm just a history fan that does some research and bullshits about it with his friends. So speaking of my friends, let me introduce you to my co-host. So first with us today, we got Dan. What up, what up? And then also with us today, we got Lorraine McLean. Oh, hello. All right, welcome to the show, everyone. Good to be here. So I guess, Lorraine, we'll kick it off with you because you're the one that's drinking something a little bit different. What do you got to drink today? I have Malibu and pineapple nice. with a cardboard straw. With Ooh. a fancy turtle safe straw. Feeling a little Caribbean. <laughs> it's, uh, oddly enough, going to something like fit today. Oh. Good job. Purely wow. coincidence, man. Yeah, because I almost grabbed something else. Yeah, we're doing a tropical outlaw this time around, I guess. I do have this backup triple jam. <laughs> backup? <laughs> you can never have enough high-powered alcohol in this bitch. Dan, who's quickly becoming my new go-to whiskey guy. Not because he knows more than his brother, because his brother knows significantly more, but he just comes I'm over just and cheers all the time. Yeah. But you want to go ahead and uh, tell him about this whiskey you brought today? Yeah. Well, first, I have to talk about, you know them, you love them, founders. <laughs> you can't skip them. Cannot. They found my heart. And this time, I'm drinking some KBS cinnamon vanilla cocoa. That's Because sounds... one flavoring enough, we're going to throw two more on you, triple deck it. It's like an orgy in your mouth. <laughs> sounds and, uh, good. It's another one of their barrel-aged founders. It has a whole series of uh, beers that are aged in uh, bourbon barrels gives it that extra little tang that's why uh, kbs is usually high in alcohol percent and this one is 12 well i'll go ahead since we're covering all these beers first so i got a founders too and i got the founders velvet rush it's an imperial brown ale it's also one of their bourbon barrel series quick story on the velvet rush so cancer had it on the podcast and it sounded really good and they're a little bit pricey because it's like a limited edition one and I was up at the store, and one day I was like, well, fuck it. I'm going to spoil myself. I'm going to get one. And uh, paid the money, got it, got it home, pulled it out to open that bitch, and it was a breakfast stout. <laughs> Someone switched it. Yeah, so somebody switched the whole four-pack to get oh, one cheaper. Shit. And what's ironic is the breakfast stout is still a very good, expensive founder's beer, but it was still cheaper than Velvet Rush. It was the first oh. time I was ever disappointed to have a breakfast stout. You got a variety pack without meaning to? You can't go back and exchange it because they were like yeah right right <laughs> so on, dude so this was my second attempt at velvet rush and and now i'm broken anytime i get a beer i lift all four beers to make sure <laughs> that i'm in fact getting the beers that i'm paying for well now i feel like i should just go to the store and really just make my own four pack and see if they like just roll the dice and if they catch me be like i didn't even know it. thank you for checking somebody almost got me sir you almost paid 22 dollars for four pbrs <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, I will say Velvet Rush is my uh, new name for my 80s rock band. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but, uh, all right, back to the uh, the whiskey. We got a Templeton Rye, which is one that you always hear about, or at least I've always heard about, and I 
don't know if I've ever had it. I may have had it and not known it. Who knows? But uh, I bring it over here. It turns out Locke never had it either. So that was a surprise to me. And uh, no, it's good. Apparently, Templeton, the little backstory, Templeton, Iowa was a big bootlegger town. And turned out, for some reason, the people of Templeton knew their shit. And uh, everybody loved them. And it was called The Good Stuff. And now that's what they call their whiskey, The Good Stuff. And I agree that it is, in fact, the good stuff. It is good? Yeah, it's very good. I find it, it's almost ironic that uh, Iowa, known for being like big corn country, and then they make their whiskey rye. Yeah, it is odd. Well, maybe that's why, because they're so sick of corn and everything that they're like, <laughs> you know what? Fuck that. We need something else. And we are really painting the entire state of Iowa with a big brush because we just had some Templeton rye. Well, I mean, that is what we do, not just on this podcast in this country, is we just we just fucking generalize with broad strokes. Yeah, I paint with push brooms. <laughs> Maybe that's why it's called the good stuff. It's like corn whiskey, corn whiskey, corn whiskey, the good stuff. Yep. Give me some of that rye, baby. So support for Say Hello to the Bad Guy is brought to you by Manscaped, who's the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. And Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. So join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code BADGUY at Manscaped.com. So I'm one of the first people to try the new 4.0, and I'm blown away by the performance. Dan, you also you got the Manscaped 4.0 kit, correct? Oh, yeah. So we got the performance kit, so that comes with... The lawnmower 4.0, it comes with the weed whacker face trimmer. You got the uh, ball deodorant, the crop reserver, the crop reviver. Um, comes with a carrying case. You got shaving mats. That's a um, lot. Got some underwear. Yeah, underwear, the Manscaped underwear, which not only are they anti-chafing, they're pretty flattering also. Oh, so, you know, yeah? How yeah. so? Ball support. <laughs> it's like a push-up bra for your balls. Oh, yeah? that stickier cleavage on point <laughs> so we got the f- performance package but if you go to the website they have all types of different items and anything you use if you use the promo ca- promo code bad guy it all helps the podcast so they got lip balm they got foot deodorant they got like regular traditional like one razor shavers if that's what you wanted so you can go pick up anything have you guys used it often uh i've used it consistently since i got it it's got 400k led spotlight which you can turn on and off it's got the uh, multi-function on and off switch so you can do a travel lock so it doesn't just go off whenever which is actually really cool so man if you've been shaving with the same nut trimmer on your face you've been doing it wrong no person wants to end up with pubes in their mouth <laughs> specifically Speak for yourself specifically not their own pubes your own no but i mean we always bring up like the individual features the light the waterproof, the the ergonomic handle, the no-nick blade. But what that all adds up to is, unlike most trimmers, you just hop in the shower and go to town. You don't need to worry about lighting. They got you. Waterproof, <laughs> they got you. You can just get in there, get in all the nooks and crannies, a little nick-free, and everything's good. Right there in the shower, no fuss, no muss. Put on the little charging station when you're done. Bam, got clean balls, no sweat. Especially not on those balls. <laughs> so well, bef- before that, have you nicked yourself? Yeah, I think every dude has nicked Ooh. himself. 
And it's not a pleasant area to I nick yourself. can imagine. It's not. You know how, like, you nick your finger and then, like, it bleeds more than sure, like you think you're going to die of blood loss? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the way it is. There's a lot of veins down there. And then you're walking funny. Yeah, you nick down there, you think you're just going to die. Right, and then nope. now, now every time you got to sit down is uncomfortable. Oh no! So get twenty percent off and f- get twenty percent off and free shipping with the code bad guy at manscaped.com. That's twenty percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code bad guy. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Now, before we get started, got to make sure we take the time to thank Sixfold Swaino for letting us use his music in the intro. We want to thank Cancer for letting us use his music in the mid roll. You can follow them both on Instagram, Sixfo, it's F-O-E, and Cancer is at Cancer the God, the E is a three. You can follow us on both Instagram and TikTok at Bad Guy Podcast, and on Twitter at The Bad Guy Pod. And then we have a Facebook, Say Hello to the Bad Guy Podcast. Uh, we got a YouTube channel, if you could subscribe to the YouTube, we really appreciate it. We're trying to grow that slowly but surely. And I think that's all the social medias, isn't it? Oh, uh, we got the email. Say hello to the oh. bad guy podcast at gmail.com. The original social media. The original. Oh, yeah. And then you can go to the website, badguypodcast.com. So we'll go ahead and get started. And the bad guy we're covering today is Alex Pompez. This ain't negotiation time. This is Scarface. Final scene. Fucking bazookas under each arm. Say hello to my little friend. No AKA. No AKAs. I call him the A-Pom. The A-Pom. So this is going to be another one of our um, mini episodes. So this is a guy that I wanted to cover, but I didn't know that it fit well into a full episode. So we're going to do another mini episode with some listener feedback. Last time we did it, it was popular. And I know we just did it, so it might seem like rush to put out another one. But this is actually going to be our last episode until we go into the season finale series. So if we don't cover it now, we won't be able to cover any listener feedback for a while. And this one is a guy that kind of just didn't make the cut for the season finale. So last year in the season finale, we just covered, we covered Al Capone and it turned into a four part series. Mm-hmm. Um, this time we're going to do it a little bit different. So this guy, it's it's like the teaser trailer for the uh, season finale Ooh. series, I guess. I fell in love with this this season. I fell in love with doing series, basically. Like, <laughs> instead of having to choose, like, I would just call it a series and just cover all of them. Yeah. I feel like this disclaimer is going to be longer than the story. <laughs> you don't have to justify shit. This is our podcast. We do episodes <laughs> who we want to do. They're more than welcome to contact us and tell us who they want to hear. But then they'll be mad because then it will be another short episode mm. with episode feedback. And they'll be like, damn it, why did I write them for them to talk about me when I don't want them to talk about the fan feedback? It's a vicious cycle. Just drink some Templeton rye and calm your panties. And shave your balls. Done and done. <laughs> check and check. I'm going to call him APZ. But I would usually recommend doing those in the other order. Like, even with the Lawnmower 4.0, <laughs> shave the balls before you drink the Templeton Rye. You don't want to be risky. You don't, don't yeah, risk there. It reduces Nick's. It doesn't yeah. guarantee. Yeah. You don't want to go at it whiskey drunk. <laughs> so, Alex Pompez was born May 3rd, 1890 in Key West, Florida to Cuban, Cuban immigrant parents. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. He was Afro-Cuban, which is it's black dudes from Cuba, basically. <laughs> His father was a lawyer and cigar manufacturer. 
and was on the board of directors for the Key West chapter of the Cuban Revolutionary Party. He eventually was elected to the Florida House of Representatives in 1892 as a Republican. So he was real into politics on both sides. He's into American politics. He was into, you know, the Cuban politics. Um, his dad died in 1897 and willed his estate to the insurgency, leaving his family to struggle financially. What the shit? Why'd he do that? He was down for the cause, I guess. I appreciate being down for the cause, but like that's part of the story. I read that. I'm like, ugh, that's tough. He loved his mother country more than his (laughs) baby mama. His (laughs) seven-year-old? Yeah, his kid's like, just got done, just got off the nipple, just speaking, (laughs) and he's like, no, I'm going to be poor forever. I could get if, say you're super wealthy, and you don't want, you know, your kids to grow up spoiled, you at least live them enough, you know, your wife and your kid enough to get by and maybe leave. So they're going to be okay. They're just not going to be super rich. And I leave some of this in a certain He just straight up left it all. He he financially boy named sued him. (laughs) Like he's got to grow up tough. But Alex seemed to be pretty uh, talented though. Um, He's pretty, uh, I guess, entrepreneurial or whatever. So (laughs) they, they were poor after his dad died, but he kind of got his act together fairly quick. He got into the scar industry. He basically said he loved three things. Cigars, baseball, and money, which <laughs> he's Cuban. Ah, Cuban. <laughs> he's a Cuban cartoon character, bro. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, basically off his hard work, he gets into the scar business and he was able to not get them back to the wealth that they were, but at least keep them from starving. I may not have left you all of my money, but I left you my skills. <laughs> so and that is all you need, son. So he was showing potential. So Alex moves to Harlem in 1910. He started his own cigar cigar uh, industry, basically, in Harlem, which this is really starting to turn into the Harlem Renaissance era. He was able to succeed in that industry and then becoming successful, he became a talented businessman and he was able to parlay that into another business that he's seen growing on to the time and eventually started moving into the numbers business. So we've covered the numbers a little bit. We're going to cover a lot more coming up soon. But the numbers is basically the lottery. I wanted to say the lottery, the illegal lottery before it came legal, but it's basically just the lottery until the state took it over. Yeah, there was <laughs> there was no state lottery to compare it to. It was <laughs> the only game in town. So I looked it up. At this time, there's only two places. It was Maine and Kentucky were the only places that had a legal state-run lottery. In the whole rest of the country, they just didn't have a lottery at all. So... We like to say the numbers game was the illegal lottery before the lottery, but no, it was really just the, the only lottery at the time. <laughs> and it was always big in the Latin and the black and the Italian communities because they were poor communities. And, you know, I was reading a lot like, you know, a penny could get you 60 bucks, which at that time was, you know, that was like two, three weeks worth of work. Well, I mean, if you get into it, not there's a ton of like different documentaries about it even like last week tonight john oliver did a piece about it just the way that the lottery is even today the legal lottery is still just sucking on the poorer communities that is where the bulk of the lottery money comes from and it's i mean if you look into it like the lottery has always gone to the minorities and the lower class and the poorer people that's what the lottery feeds off of well, and what actually made it better then was because where they were also feeding off those communities, they were also providing jobs into those communities. So those people yeah. were working for the lottery. So they were the bankers and the runners and the, you know, they were doing all the jobs. 
So they were taking money from that community, but they were also providing something of a service. They're providing and jobs. Whoever and... won it, it wasn't like they went and moved into the nice, like they were still in that neighborhood. It all went into without the state taking its mm-hmm. cut. Like you played the lottery, that money was staying in your neighborhood. So he takes his, uh, his business savvy and he is able to take that into the numbers industry and he quickly becomes one of the top numbers bangers in Harlem. And he just becomes fairly rich and pretty powerful pretty quick. He actually gave an up-and-coming rising star in the underworld his first chance when he hired uh, teenage Bobby Johnson as his personal bodyguard. Oh, oh shit. We've heard of this fella. So Bumpy, the, Bumpy Johnson was in Harlem doing crime before that, but this was kind of like his first step into the big leagues. Now he's up in the big leagues. <laughs> And it goes to show that he was something of a badass because he gets his job as a fucking a top numbers guy, personal bodyguard as a teenager still. Like, now, I got a quick question. And it goes back to his father was Afro-Latino or whatever. And now he came up to Harlem. Is he, does he like present as just a black man or a black Cuban or? So he, he's, as a, he's a black Cuban. Okay. But he is in America and. You know, we don't know the difference. We just assume, oh, he's a black guy, he's a black guy. Mm-hmm. And Harlem, at this time, was a lot of the white people were starting to leave Harlem. And then if you look now, there's Spanish Harlem, there's black Harlem. So they were kind of the front pioneers of that. But we'll, we'll kind of get into it a little bit more. He was kind of this bridge between, like, the Latin and the black community. Because they had, like, the black guys and the Latin guys, and he was both, you yeah. know. Because, like I said, it's one of those things where once you come to America, they could really give a shit less what language you speak or where you're actually from. They just take a look at you and they say, looks black to me. After a February 1924 incident when Bumpy saved Alex from an armed robber and helped him avoid police questioning, Pompez would always remain loyal to Bumpy for the rest of his life after that. I love you, bro. You're my boy. Uh, my boy bump <laughs> like fuck that guy was gonna rob me oh shit now these please want to talk to me oh you got that <laughs> shit Damn, that's my boy he's handling everything from other criminals to the police he's just got it all go bumpy go bumpy go <laughs> <laughs> so eventually alex because comes such a big numbers operator he's just making money hands over fists and He eventually starts investing much of his numbers money into his true love, which is baseball. Would you say he's a smooth operator? (laughs) So he invested his money. He owned the Cuban Stars of the Eastern Colored League and the New York Cubans of the Negro National League. Oh. And he helped organize the first Negro League World Series in 1924. Damn, and he really is straddling that line. It's all the Negro League, but... They're the Cubans. That's who he's doing. <laughs> they are the New York Cubans. Not make no mistakes about it. So, to your point, what he would do was he would go to a lot of these, you know, not just Afro-Cubans, but the Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico. There's all these Hispanic islands that have a lot of black dudes, you know, so they got, you know, they all come from basically the West Indies, and they were in these Spanish islands, and... uh since he was a black man, but he was American, but he spoke Spanish, he was this great bridge. White people mm. were so confused. <laughs> Look, what is happening? I don't get anything. What are you? 
What's going on? Right, but then he goes to the Dominican Republic, and they fucking love him. They're like, hold on, you speak Spanish? And he's like, dude, you can come to America, play ball. Like, And they're like, dude, I'm a black guy, and I'm a black guy that speaks Spanish. And he's like, I got you. <laughs> yeah, come play baseball, that is. Like, if only you can go back, like, 100 years ago to, like, the 1920s and be like, hey, 100 years from now, everyone in baseball Everybody. is going to be a black guy that speaks <laughs> Spanish. <laughs> Are you familiar with the term Big Poppy? Yeah. You will be. <laughs> so in the early 30s, Dutch Schultz begins to move in on the Harlem numbers rackets. So after Prohibition starts to dry up, all these New York mobsters are all looking for new rackets. And Dutch Schultz was one of the first guys to realize this numbers racket, the black dudes, these Spanish dudes, they're making a fucking shitload of money. I want in. And most of the other Italian mobsters are like, ah, that sounds stupid. It sounds like nickel and dime shit. We don't want anything to do with it. And Dutch Schultz was like, well, cool, fuck off, I'm in. And uh, he just slowly started taking it in and moving in on Harlem, all the Harlem number rackets. Now, this is way before the Italians were into doing numbers at, at all, or they had their own and they weren't trying to get into the... They had their own and they did it in their own communities, and they just weren't used to doing business with other, well, I just other re- races. Well, I just remember the other original story from uh, Tough Teddy... In which the Italians straight up just got their lotto racket from the black neighborhood. Right. Like, that is how they stole their shit. Which is funny, because then the state stole it from the (laughs) Italian mob. So, it it was kind of similar. So, in New York, they had some, because they had more poor Italian communities. But they kind of kept it amongst themselves. And they just didn't have interest in moving in in different races or dealing with them. Even from a standpoint of taking their business over. They just didn't want to deal with it. You know what I mean? They're just like, we got enough money on our own, doing our own thing. And Dutch Schultz, who, being a scumbag, was also very smart and forward-thinking. is like, look, you guys can say what you want, but this looks like a shitload of fucking money. And I'm moving in on it. And I got the muscle, and they don't. And uh, he starts moving in on, these, on all these Harlem bankers. And he basically confronted all of them one at a time, or he'd send his guys in. And he'd say, basically... You can turn over your operation, you send all the money to me, and I'll still pay you out a salary. You know, so it'd usually be like a couple hundred a week or whatever, you know. And these guys are going from making two to twelve thousand a week, and he's like, Look, you just give me everything and I'll still give you two hundred bucks. And they're all like, Well, fuck you. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> so they would say no, and they'd say, All right, well then you have alternative B, gang war. I'm Dutch Schultz. You ready for a gang war? And Alex Pompez would be like, dude, I own a baseball team. What would make make you think I'm ready for a gang war? (laughs) The fact that you got all these baseball bats lying around, eh? You mean you use these for baseball? That's weird. (laughs) Wait, so we need the story on this guy because he seems like a fucking ballsy badass. I mean, I did say this was like a teaser trailer. Oh, you did say that. That's his his AKA Dutch Schultz, the ballsy bat. (laughs) So Alex Pompez wasn't willing to go to war. And by this point, he was more into his baseball stuff and he was making good money doing that. You know, he's a legit business man. And he was pretty quick to hand over his racket in return for a weekly salary. What the frick? Like twist my arm. Okay. Well, most of them did, to be honest. <laughs> just just so you know, like most of the Harlem bankers. Well, Dutch Schultz was a huge fucking name at that time. Like he was almost a bigger name than. Oh, you left that out. We just didn't get there yet. Okay. So he pretty much just was like, hey, how about this? I'll take over your shit. I'll give you 200 a week. No, I don't want to. 
All right, I'm gonna punch you in the face. Take over your shit. Okay, give me that two hundred okay. bucks. <laughs> can, can, can I please have the two hundred dollars now, please? Yeah. <laughs> well, put it this way: you've heard of all the Italian and Jewish gangs from that era, right? Mm-hmm. Have you heard of the Cuban gangs? Nope. No, right? Nobody mm-hmm. has. So that's why it was easy for Dutch Schultz to just kind of take them all over. And ninety percent of the guys were willing to just cough up the money real quick. But when Bumpy Johnson, who at that point was working for Stephanie St. Clair, decided that they didn't want to give in and they wanted to go to war with Dalt Schultz, Pompez still provided financial support and he gave him enough funding to help acquire firepower, pay soldiers, and cover legal fees. So even though he wasn't willing to to fight Dutch Schultz, he's like, look, I'm not going to fight. Just give me my salary. Here's my operation. You're good to go. Oh, you want to fight Dutch Schultz? How much you need? So, okay, the... The American government stole numbers, and they also stole his war policy. <laughs> no, we're not going to get involved with all these other things. But hey, you guys are doing a little uprising? We'll sell you some guns. <laughs> That's what this guy's doing. Well, and honestly, it just came down to even though at this point he was barely in the numbers racket, and Bumpy Bumpy was working for somebody else, it was just always his boy to the point where he's like. Yeah, fuck this motherfucker. I got some, you know what I mean? I'm rich. I could throw you some money, man. Everybody else just bowed down, but there's something about Bumpy Johnson. He was just way more irritable. <laughs> <laughs> and and you kind of got to appreciate that. Like a guy that knows his limitations. Like, look, I'm not, I'm not built for a gang war. That's not, that's not how this we're built. But my boys, I'm, I'm trying to work and win this playoff game. That's what I'm doing. I ain't got time for this. Now, unfortunately, that connection to Dutch Schultz got him indicted on racketeering charges. What? Because Dutch Schultz, was a, since he was such a big mobster at the time, Thomas Dewey was looking, he was a big mob buster, and was looking to take him down. So they did an investigation, and one of the easier things to find was all these numbers guys. So they indicted Alex Pompez on racketeering charges. So he really got fucked out of this yeah. Dutch Schultz, Schultz deal, man. Like, yeah. It's bullshit. He's like, I ran it so clean, I never got popped. Now I let you run it, and look what happens. Look, I guess I want to focus on baseball, and I don't want to fuck up my teams. Here you go. And I'm still getting in trouble. Right. So. Well, and that is probably worse, because you handed over most of your operations. are like, hey, we got to talk to you about your numbers operation. I'm like, my what? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Are we still doing that? Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> I thought I canceled my subscription. <laughs> what is going on here? So he opted instead to flee to Mexico. Oh. So he went to Mexico. Eventually they caught him, but they actually like him. He, you know. <laughs> liked him. He, well, I mean, he was a Hispanic dude and shit, and he was kind of like, yeah, but fuck America. Mexico was like, yeah, fuck America. We're not going to Oh, so him. when you said they caught him, he got in some trouble with the Mexican police, and yeah. the Mexican police, like, ran his name. was like, hey, this guy's wanted way up in Harlem. Yeah. And he was pretty much like, dude, I'm one of you guys. I'm down here. Like, you're going to send me all the way to Harlem? Fuck off. It's 1930. You know how long it takes for a car to make it to New York from here? If you have to ship me by boat to get there, let's just call the whole thing off. So based on the relationships he had developed in Mexico, he was able to get them to refuse extradition. Extradition. Or dition. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> extra something. They didn't want to send them back. Whatever that word is. Extra, extra. <laughs> um, and he was able to, from Mexico, to work out a deal to turn state's evidence and have the charges dropped. Oh. So eventually he came back and... Uh, it was bumpy. 
bumper came through. <laughs> well, no, he sn- well at that point Dutch Schultz died too, so he snitched on Dutch Schultz and oh. any of his guys. It was like, yeah, what do you need to know? Like I'll tell you about all of them. Oh, word! It was all these white guys. They all did it. I mean, we all know I'm I'm pretty vocal about my anti-snitch policy, but in this case, I'll, I'll allow it. This isn't. I'll allow it. Well, he was originally considered one of the only guys to turn states' evidence and then still live, but then now the floodgates open. They're all doing it. You know what I mean? Sammy yeah, the no. bull. Sammy the bull follows us and dances like a bunny on TikTok. Dances like <laughs> a bunny. Yeah. I can what? show you the video, man. Let me see. You know a little TikTok bunny dance? Oh, my gosh. He did the... What a fall from grace. Yeah. Sammy the fucking bull. 19 hits. Now you're dancing like a bunny on TikTok. I mean, that's real cool. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So he gets the charges dropped, and after that, he decides he wants completely out of the numbers game, and he just focuses on baseball. I think he decided he wanted out of the numbers right. game a long time ago. He held a press conference. Listen, I am nothing to do with the numbers. I am I'm out. I am really pleased. Everybody hear me. I am really trying to focus on baseball. I do not want. Don't bring me your penny. I don't have a number. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I like how like he got busted. They're like, yeah, you got a warrant. We got to send you back. But you're cool. So we won't send you back. And then after <laughs> a little while later, he's like, you know what? My boys need me. I need to go up there. Baseball's in my heart. This Mexican league just don't got it the same as my Harlem Negro League, so I got to get way back up there. If I got a snitch to coach them to win the championship, that's what I got to do. In 1948, he's keeping an eye on the Jackie Robinson situation. He knows integration's coming. They actually say that he was actually telling people that it was about to integrate way before other people even realized it. He just kept telling them, he's like, hey. It's going to happen. So there was people that told that literally talked to him and he told them the integration was going to happen. They said it could never happen. And then the next year they seen Jackie Robinson play and they're like, Ooh, oh, yeah, it's about to happen. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe Alex was right. This motherfucker knows his shit. <laughs> so knowing that intera- uh, integrations come into baseball, he arranges for the New York Cubans to become a minor league affiliate of the New York Giants. Oh, so they can get called up. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. The Giants agree to the deal. Part of the deal, they bring him on uh, to handle their scouting of Latin America. So he starts scouting uh, Latin America. And I seen a quote on uh, BaseballHallOfFame.org where this guy was talking about Alex Pompez. And he said, Jackie Robinson busted the door down. And then Alex Pompez built the pipeline. Because as soon as Jackie Robinson went in, they integrated. He was like, dude. I got fucking baseball players if you guys want some. <laughs> and then, so... All of a sudden, they start bringing in Latin Americans, and at one point, they're finally like, okay, we get it. White people and Cubans can play baseball. And he was the one that was the front runner in the MLB to recruiting Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, Venezuela. So they originally thought, like, okay, we're going to open it up. We'll let Cubans play, too. <laughs> and they're like, he's like, dude, baseball is so big in so many of these countries. So... He signed, as a scout, he signed Camilo Pascal, Tony Oliva, and Orlando Cepeda, who, between the three of them, they go on to uh, combine for 26 All-Star appearances. Wow. They were like, it, it was like he just went out and found fucking three Derek Jeters right off the bat. Like, they're like, you know what, we're going to try and integrate this thing. You know any good Latin players? It's like, <laughs> like, you see that one guy, that's like today almost. Like, that guy's still <laughs> in baseball coaching. Like, that's a guy Alex Pomp has brought oh. over. So this guy was like MOB Ellis Island. 
He's <laughs> like, if you need Latino and black players, I got you. Legend has it. I don't know for sure. It does seem to check out that uh, he sent in a favorable scouting report for Fidel Castro. <laughs> so I guess Fidel Castro was like a sick pitcher. He had like a <laughs> threw like a ninety mile an hour fastball and had a curveball and shit. Oh, that's another. If you want to get into it, uh, the dollop had a good one about uh, the Cuban league, but Cuban Fidel Castro was huge into baseball. Like yeah. they called off like a war so that they could have like a baseball <laughs> game and shit. He was wild with it. Well, and the reason I think it's it's not hard to believe that he turned in a favorable scouting report because the Minnesota Twins organization almost signed him. You know what I mean? So there's a good chance that anybody seen him work out, you know, would have at least as a scout, that's what you do is you write what's good. So yeah. it's not like he said, Hey, let's go out and sign Fidel Castro. But if other teams were looking to sign him, that means the kid could play ball. Yeah. And, and if he didn't decide to take over a country, he mm-hmm. may have had a real career in baseball. Cause he's a good pitcher. In 1950, the giants made, Alex Pompez, their head of Latin operate or Latin American operations. So he go on be a part of the organization for decades. He served on the baseball hall of fame, special committee on Negro league baseball in the early 1970s. And he died at age 83 in 1974 in New York city. Wow. He was elected to the baseball hall of fame in 2006. He's in the hall of fame. Yeah. He's like in the baseball hall of fame as one of the major, uh, Negro league baseball contributors. Wow. Well, yeah, I mean, if he was responsible for getting a lot of Afro-Latino players into the MLB, I made the joke earlier, like, that's like 90% of the league at this point. So he had a huge part of changing baseball as we know it. So this is the stuff I could find tons of information on. Like the earlier part, trying to find any information on the numbers stuff, very hard to come by. Mm -hmm. Like the baseball stuff, like, yeah, (laughs) he's a huge guy in fucking baseball. Yeah, turns out there's a whole lot more documents uh, officially written about baseball than there is illegal gambling. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I guess if you're rich and successful, that's something that they tend to bury a little bit. Yeah. Like, ah. I mean, we we all forget Ray Lewis stabbed two people to death. I never forget that. <laughs> <laughs> that's like always remember. <laughs> always remember. Never forget. All right, so you guys haven't uh, seen any pictures of them. You guys got to guess who would play Alex Pompez in a movie. I'm going Roy from The Office. Roy from The Office? <laughs> He's super white. He's like the whitest white guy. No, isn't that the guy in the the warehouse? It's Daryl. Daryl from The Office. Yeah. I'm going with Daryl from The Office. Well, the guy's not Hispanic at all. <laughs> but He's black. He's black. Whatever. And if you... What's his, do you know his name, that actor? Yeah, Craig Robinson. Craig Robinson. Yeah. No, I, I got a crazy one. Spanish from old school. Oh, I'm a big fan, actually. But um, but uh, it's not only a comedy thing. I've seen him in like dramatic movies and shit. Like he's a good actor. I've seen I don't some know other who shit. he is. So his name is Rick Gonzalez, and uh, oh, so I'm or see, she, no? Here we go. Hold on, but on the Rick Gonzalez because she just seen who he is. So we're actually he's been on a lot of shit we watch because like Coach Carter is one of my all time favorite sports movies, mm-hmm. and he's like one of the guys in that. But then he was also in uh, Roll Bounce, which my kid watched all the fucking time. So I've seen it a million fucking times. But he was also in one of my favorite all-time great bad movies, Biker Boys. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm a big Rick Gonzalez fan, oddly enough. 
if you want to see Kid Rock in a leather choker, nope. Watch Biker Boys. Sure don't. It's dope. <laughs> well, I don't. You tried to convince me that Roll Bounce was a good movie. Hey, I like Roll Bounce. It's horrible. Horrible. So, who was your other crazy guess you were about to say? I was going to say flip it completely. Lin Manuel uh, Miranda? Vehicle. Yeah. Lin, uh, Lin Manuel Miranda. Oh, okay. I thought you were correct. Like, no, it is Lin Manuel, ain't it? And then, yeah. but I forget it's three name guy. But uh, make it a musical and <laughs> have the one guy that played the lead in In the Heights. And he played like Hamilton's son in oh, Hamilton. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Have that guy play him. And the whole thing's a musical. That's Anthony Ramos. What's that guy's name? But yeah, that's a up and coming dude. Like one day he'll be a pretty big fucking. Well, what's his name already is like Leslie Odom's getting there, and that's yeah. they all started off as just the Hamilton dudes. Lin Manuel Miranda is a good pick because he's like Ooh. the fucking uh, he's the Alex Pompez of theater. Like he knew, like dude, I got all these guys. They're about to be dope. Just telling you, I got them over here on my little. That is Little true. fucking shit. Well, then they're I, eventually going to farm out. Into... I picked the other guy from Hamilton, the David. No, that's who should. I was just about to say David Diggs would play Bumpy Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just going to take the whole Hamilton cast and just make them into this <laughs> there, movie. There we go. Shit. Sing a song from Hamilton that goes with Alex. I'm completely drawing the blank right now. N- n- name one of the songs. Riding like you're running out of time. Why you run numbers like you're running out of time? <laughs> That was pretty good, dude. There you go. You could, you should do improv. You did. <laughs> that was horrible. I knew no other lines from the song. I can't think hey, of none of them. Name one criminal racket, one Hamilton song. Nope, Bam. No. Mash them together. You're like fucking Wayne Brady in this bitch. What so about he, the King song? What a... <laughs> I can't think of what that was. Do you know it? The King song. Which You'll be up? back. Is that what it is? Yeah. Nope. I'll be back. Or you'll be back. Oh, that was when he went down to Mexico and left baseball. <laughs> you'll be back. Then you'll see that you have to coach the Negro League. You'll be back. <laughs> You're very good at this game, dude. It's a game that's not a real game. You dude. will scout. You will show them what they're all about. <laughs> they will bat and they will swing. And you'll be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's some pictures of Alex Pompez. I'm going to pick another song. Oh, he looks different in all three. Wait, the middle one looks like when they told him, hey, we got to talk to you about the numbers. He's like, I was out of that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we just indicted you. Like, what the fuck? What I will say, the story checks out because he seems to get happier and happier as he gets older. The older he gets, the more he's enjoying life. Like, right there, that's when Dutch Schultz just said, no, you get a salary, dude. You give us everything. We're going to give you 200 bucks a week. Like, what the fuck? That's Alex, Alex Pompez. He's a bad guy I wanted to cover that didn't make the cut. That we pretty much turned into a full episode anyways, because that's what we do. But So that's like the, the teaser trailer for our... He looks more like the other black guy from The Office. I forget his name. The one that doesn't Stanley. care. Stanley. Yeah. Stanley. It looks more like Stanley. Oh, Giancarlo Esposito. Oh, yeah. What? Who is he that? would be perfect, too. Well, I guess that would be kind of typecasting. He was... Right. 
He was the guy on Breaking Bad that ran the chicken restaurant. He's uh, the bad guy Never in The Mandalorian. It. Oh, yeah. He's in everything. He well, is the bad guy in everything. Yeah, I think he could crush that show. Yeah, especially mm-hmm. in that third picture. All right, Snow. So now we got to hit some listener feedback. So we got a couple new five-star reviews on iTunes, which, for the record, has slowed down a little bit. And... I get it, but if you're listening, we really appreciate a five-star review. It goes a long way to help the podcast, so go to iTunes, give us a five, at least give us the five-star rating. We'd prefer a review. If you give a review, we'll read it on the podcast. Yeah, where are you at, people? Yeah. Give us a rating. But if you don't know no words, no goods, just <laughs> click a star. Yeah. <laughs> you know that, right? Count one, two, three, four, five, bam. It's click a numbers, that numbers game. Yeah. It's only up to five. You can do it on your hand. Left you to right. Left to right. We can also get rated on Spotify now, too. But, oh. So that's brand new. So Spotify, you can never leave a rating, and now you can. So if you guys are listening on Spotify, and it's tough because if you weren't listening on Spotify, you can't just go give us a, a rating because if you try to, it'll it'll tell you you got to listen to a couple episodes. But if you are listening on Spotify, five star. It's brand new, and it'd really help. But so our first five-star review is from MXS Andy 12 Andy. Well, I don't know if it's MXS Andy or if it's MX Sandy. <laughs> but one of the two. Sandy. Well, it might be MX Sandy because MX, I think, is motocross, ain't it? So maybe it's a dirt biker. Yeah. Oh, Sandy. 12 is his number. <laughs> yeah. Email us. Let us know. Right. Or tweet us. It might be easier. I'm going to say it's MZANDY. <laughs> it says, uh, a delightful pod for those who are fascinated with criminals. You know how you can tell they listen to uh, a lot of podcasts? Because they use, they use podcast jargon. It's a delightful pod. Thanks, Sandy Andy. I think the X is silent. It says Mrs. Andy. Miss Zandy. <laughs> Could be Miss Andy. The greatest mystery ever on this fucking show. So now it's just Missande from Game of Thrones? <laughs> She's on this one? Possibly the hottest lady on uh, Game of Thrones. Possibly. I I'm can't not... say definitively, but I just saw she was on something else and it took me a second. I was like, I know that Faye. Who is that? Who is she? And then I figured out like, oh yeah, it's Missande. Well, she's also Ramsey in the Fast Fast series. Yeah, I don't well, well, Ramsey's a big name. Like, if you do watch it, she's one of the main crew now. I'm the hottest lady on this pod. <laughs> 100. <laughs> on this pod? That's, uh, that's technical jargon, in case you guys don't understand it. <laughs> then we got, uh, we got another five-star review from Ridiculous Patronus. Ooh. I think oh. that's Harry Potter shit. Harry Potter. I believe it is. It says... Funny and in-depth content. These guys have great chemistry. If you like chill conversation, but interesting and intriguing information, this is your podcast. Great history on this podcast. Looking forward for more. Whoop, whoop. I like the fact that we're chill and intriguing. <laughs> I like We're, we're in chill green. You're funny. Most of the feedback we always get is like great chemistry. What a lot of people probably don't realize is the only reason we do this as a podcast is because this is what we literally have done for like... <laughs> The last 30 years, we just yeah. didn't record it. Is We just sit around and drink, we, and I talk about shit I read. Yeah, I say this all the time when people say like we have good chemistry. <laughs> We've known each other like our all of our lives. 
Yeah. Like for the most part. So Yeah. And Locke has just nonstop talked. We're like <laughs> you should record yourself. Yeah. Yeah, and so, I usually just interrupt them with dumb shit. Right. And people just, just make fun of my <laughs> real information. Like, Shut up, so Locklear can quit talking. So we basically just slapped a mic in front of all of us, and it life goes on. <laughs> World keeps us spinning. For the record, people like it as a podcast. At a party, not so much. People walk the other direction. <laughs> Trying to dance and listen to music, and he's like, "Do you know that one guy? You ever heard of him? Here, let me tell you about him." I mean, you could dance like some pussies, or you could listen to this story that I just read. And most of it's vented through the podcast, but Locke still doesn't shut up. It's my move. <laughs> Look, I got all this information bottled up. I got to share it with somebody. And I'm usually dancing while you talk. And he'll remember it. All of it. Everything he's ever told you, he still knows. <laughs> he's like Rain Man? Yes. With smooth balls. Except better looking. <laughs> Smoother balls. It's Bumpy Johnson. Definitely Bumpy Johnson. <laughs> so we got some more on Twitter. So our Twitter is the bad guy pod. And we've been slowly getting a lot more interaction on Twitter. And I will get better at it. It's a, it's a tough format for me to figure out how to use. But it took me a long time to learn how to use Instagram and TikTok. But Look I'll at get you there. now. Look at you now. Right. So we're working on it. <laughs> He's getting likes. <laughs> but uh, we got a tweet from Colleen M. Casey. First, she tweeted out our link. And twi- uh, Are you tweet- sure it's not Colleen M. C. Acey? No, it's for sure <laughs> Colleen M. Casey. Colleen. And she tweeted us out to a bunch of her friends and told them to listen to us. And she told us, good morning from North Providence, Rhode Island. Oh, good morrow. Providence, Rhode Island, for the record, big mob town. Ooh. So Providence, Rhode Island, and the Boston mob are together. Okay. Because they're both, like, real small right. towns. Not small towns, but mafia-wise. So it's one family. It's called the New England family. Providence, Rhode Island. And if you remember in uh, Departed, do you remember Departed when uh, <laughs> he beats up those two Italian dudes at the beginning? Yeah. That's what they're telling that guy, that don't make me drive all the way back up to Rhode Island empty-handed. But when we seen her, I seen her Twitter also, like one of her recent tweets is uh, like her go-to charity is St. Jude's. She said uh, on January 4th of this year, actually, so almost a year ago exactly, her grandson had uh, been to St. Jude's and uh, I guess he had a surgery. Now he's 100%. But St. Jude's is one of our go-to charities too. We've had like some personal experience with them. We've been to Memphis a couple of times and they do... Great work at St. Jude's. I know that's not groundbreaking territory. Like, yeah, St. Jude's, good charity, man. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like... Uh, we relate with yeah. Colleen. Yeah, fuck yeah. And then we got tweets from Sean D. James in New Jersey. So Sean says, and he listens to us. He has to take the train in to the city. Oh, long drive. Taking yeah. the train to the city. <laughs> Listen to the pod all night and day. <laughs> and... We were Sean's number two podcast for the year that he listened to. Who's the number one? Because we're the shit. Who's number two? Number one was DGMH. Oh, those are our guys. You motherfucker. (laughs) Tobacco, you son Son of a bitch. bitch. Oh, uh, well, if it ain't us. Well, right. I mean, I'll I'll take it. (laughs) One and two. We're on the podium, motherfucker. So he, he, uh, he said he just finished this week's episode of Bad Guy Podcast and, uh, Rafael Red Lopez was a clear number three. Hey, I was on that one. Yeah. 
Yeah, but you was the one arguing for a four. Almost a five. Oh, so he's mad at me? No, he's just saying no, a clear three. No, he is. He clearly said in that statement, fuck Lorraine McClain. <laughs> she don't even know what numbers she are. She don't know how to DEFCON. Damn. She DEF can't. But Lorraine did pick John Leguizamo to I play Red Lopez. Did. And he recommended two John Leguizamo movies, Empire and yeah. Undefeated. See? Sean's my boy. So I haven't seen Umpire, but it's a it's a drug dealing movie. He's like a drug kingpin. Yeah, I feel like I saw that one. The Undefeated. I don't know if I ever heard that. Well, I think it's Undefeated. He said Undisputed, but he's never in a movie called Undisputed. So I'm guessing he meant Undefeated. But the Empire, we are looking at. uh, I am trying to do at some point like a movie review, like a gangster movie review kind of thing at some point. Ooh, we could do riding cars with boys. (laughs) That gangster shit. Hell yeah. Anyway, can I give a shout out to Sean? But he's riding on the the train. He's probably like laughing out loud sometimes, looking like a fool. Or chuckling in silence. I laughed out loud when I listened to it, so I imagine Sean is. At some point he has. But he's my boy, and I just want to say, what up, Sean? See, I have a completely different view of John Linguizamo, because I think of the pest or spawn. <laughs> Well, so that's what's ironic is the pest Don't is what think? the pest is what came up as the example when she said John Leguizamo. They compared him to the pest, which is also a John Leguizamo I like. I like my favorite John Leguizamo is uh, John Wick. I don't know what I remember him from, just his, his stand up. You'd remember him from the pest. Honestly, the pest is what you probably remember him from. I don't know from. what the pest is. You would if you've seen it. It was this crazy movie where he's just wa- jumping around, acting goofy as fuck. The he whole was time. just very annoying. And they tried to hunt him. The dad from Beetlejuice tries to hunt him. He's been in a bunch of shows. Donnie Brasco. Benny Blanco from the Bronx. That's probably what I'm thinking of. And then we got Leo in Idaho who... Leo! When we released the Harry Elman episode, Leo in Idaho commented, uh, a second Mexican bad guy, even if he was only half and was more Italian, it still counts. Hilarious Mm -hmm. episode. Thank you. So then... uh, Frank Lopez from Alaska on Instagram. So in the Harry Elman episode, he's with you, Dan. He said, another fucking hilarious one, bros. I was disappointed. Devastated even. No Mm. fucking hook. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. How are you going to be called the hook? There's not even a hook. I mean, it was because he had a a hook for hand. He He threw 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 a left hook. Like the punches. Oh. He was a boxer. Well, but even even still, so there was still a, a disappointing amount of not even a lot of throwing those hooks, though, either. Yeah. So if it's not going to be a hook hand, you should at least be punching the fuck out of people. There, was just, there wasn't even fishing. There was a very lack of hooks. But he also agreed with us deciding not to cover like cartels and La M.A. and get, de-tap- get decapitated. <laughs> yeah. And he's all the way up in Alaska. <laughs> And he still said, yeah. He said, so he said, you're smart not covering active Mexican <laughs> Mexican companies. And he said, you guys are my favorite podcast of all. Don't so worry. please don't get shot. He said, don't want to lose y'all guys and Gail. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for including me, Frank. So you never, you always want to be included that we're talking about right. losing motherfuckers. Like, oh, shit. Because if he would have said, I don't want to lose you guys, I'd have been like, meow, meow, meow. Oh, you're one of the guys. Oh, man. Hey, that's women's rights. You want to be included, you get to be included in the laws, too. Another thing I want to mention real quick before we wrap this up. Uh, I'm going to be doing an episode of the Brain Jerks Pillar Talk. 
Oh shit. Oh. So we're gonna go do an episode of that. But then after after we wrap up the end of season two, we're gonna have T Rupp and Josh from Brain Jerk on a episode of Say Hello to the Bad Guy. Also, we got uh the new episodes out, DC. He's got his own podcast. I help him co-host. Oh. That's uh, Fatboy MMA. So that's anybody that's an cool. MMA fan, you can check that out. I like MMA. And it's uh, we cover all kinds I of like different Fatboys. <laughs> <laughs> we got both of them. That should have been got a statements. I'm going to listen to it just to see if DC is as cool on there as he is here. He's cooler. He gets to host it. Oh. So it's a much better. It's a much it's a much better way to do stuff. You should listen to it. It's like this if it was ran by a smarter dude. Oh. I've been listening to it. It's pretty good. You listen to I it? I enjoy it. Yeah. It's good chemistry. <laughs> and you get to hear how much I really say um and Son stutter and fucking Now Sean's gonna have we're gonna drop down to three and Fat Boy MMA's <laughs> is number two. DGMH, yep. Fat Boy MMA. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. A high tide raises all ships, man. Never forget us, you. Sean. Never forget us. I will remember you. Do, 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 do. All right, this is Say Hello to the Bad Guy. Thanks for coming, and thanks for listening. <laughs> oh, wow. To the bad guy, bad guy. the good guy coming last place. Last place. Smell that dope when I pass by. Pass by. I like my money at a fast pace. Say hello to the bad guy, bad guy. the good guy coming last place. Smell the dope when I pass by. Down bad, my mama had to be dead Spent my birthdays in the trap, we had to work with what we had She been working on a raise while trying to raise me like a man Plus my daddy in the box and all my cousins in the cam And, and I don't need a hundred friends, I just want a hundred bands A hundred jugs, a hundred scams, ay, ay. So I don't money gram the hundred hams Said I don't money grabbed a bunch of bands And I ain't wanna fall victim to that system or the pistols Fuck a judge with a grudge, I'm blowing crud for my mental life ay. And I still keep it on me, run into your big homie First you meet your dead homie, ay. yeah Say hello to the bad guy, bad guy. The good guy coming last place You smell that dope when I pass by I like my money at a fast pace Say hello to the bad guy In the fast lane, let my money at a fast pace Look like a drag race, cut your re-up in my ashtray I'm in my bag, hey, good girl, bad face No waist and her ass fake hey, And she in love with the bad guy But bad bitches never act right hey, She act up into that bag fly Did a turn around in one night Say hello to the bad guy Guy come in last place. Last place. Last place. You smell that dope when I pass by. Last place. I let my money at a fast pace. Say hello to the bad guy. Good guy come in last place. Last place.